So a few months ago, we talked about Space Force. Yes. The actual Space Force, not the... Yeah, not the Netflix show, yeah. How, how real-life actual Space Force basically stole the Starfleet logo for, mm-hmm. for their actual real-life logo. Yes. Um, so are you... Well, you probably are aware, I would imagine, that the Trump administration has yet again... Uh, lifted some Star Trek stuff for a public initiative. Have you? Uh, I don't think I've heard of this one. No. So, are you aware of the name of the the administration's like push to get a vaccine, a coronavirus vaccine, oh, quickly? No. no, I haven't. It's called Operation Warp Speed. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I I think because they want to get the vaccine at warp. They want to get it really I, fast. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, it, I you know what like I don't hate it I, I hate I hate the Trump administration I hate <laughs> most of what they do but like whatever like now it is kind of like a childish name maybe but like I don't know there are worse names that they've sure. given stuff I think I'm in a good headspace right now to hear a name like that because I was talking to Kim about this recently I just not long ago finished listening to a really good podcast about the Iraq war called Blowback. And I would recommend it to anyone. It's really, really good. But it got me thinking about, I remember when I was a kid, for for a kid, like, pretty interested in the history of, like, American wars and stuff. So you would, like, read books about World War II or Korea or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, I remember, like, I, my dad had, like, digital Encarta, uh-huh. like, disc. And I would, like, just read encyclopedia entries about, like, the Gulf War and stuff. And... I remember, again, even when I was a kid thinking to myself, the names of the the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War were bad because they were called uh, Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom. Now, I realize now as an adult, that was just like a completely like lame-brained attempt to get people to like them by like just... Right. Everybody likes freedom, right? Yeah, if we just put the word freedom in them. But like at the time, I was just like, these are, even when I was a kid, I was like, these are dumb names. The original Iraq war was called Operation Desert Storm, which obviously like I, I don't agree with like the Gulf War now. Uh, I think it was a bad thing that we did and for bad reasons. Uh, and we did a lot of bad stuff when we were th- for the, even the brief time we were there. But, but at least the name sounded cool. <laughs> Yeah, Operation Desert Storm is a rad name, and <laughs> I, it's it's a better name than Operation Warp Speed. But like, I do. There's part of me that's like, well, I mean, they're trying, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get to put some drama with, into it. Yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about perhaps the best named episode of Star Trek ever. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think we had a brief text conversation where we tried to think of if there were other contenders for this. Yeah, and so we're talking about it's called Live Fast and Prosper, which is uh season 6 episode 21 of Star Trek Voyager. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just trying to, can you think of anything off the top of your head that like even like comes close? I, I think there are some good TNG names, like a fistful of data is a fistful of data is a good one. Um, that's yeah. That was also the first thing I thought of. Um, elementary, my dear data is another, I feel 
I think some of the Q ones are the fun. Q, like, yeah, there's they, some fun Q ones. Um, yeah, Deja Q is fun, and and uh, I feel like there's like another one, like another one that's like like that that I'm not thinking of. But yeah, live fast and prosper though. That's just it's it's so it conveys like such a such a mood. I feel like, and yeah. it's like a good. It's a really good like subversion of. It, it's it's thing. It's where where it's like it it is subverting a like a very common um, Star Trek phrase, but like in a manner that like also makes sense, like live fast, obviously is like an actual expression also. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it just really. And then like, actually like the more it, it then also takes, I feel the more uh, kind of capitalist meaning of prosper instead of the more. Uh, right. Sort of just like do, do well in your life. Like, yeah, that's a good point. And yeah, I just really, I've been really excited. You know, we 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 kind of put these into the number generator in blocks. Yeah. And so this is towards the end of, of one of our blocks. So I've just been very excited for several months to watch <laughs> this like, episode. What is this live vast and prosper thing going to be all about? Yeah, and, and I got to say, like, it did not disappoint. This episode was great. I I loved it. We've been on we've been on a real a real tear of like good epi- uh, Voyager episodes lately. And uh, I would say I would definitely count this one among among them. Yeah, this no, this was a lot of fun. I, I feel like this is one of those examples of just like some good fun Star Trek. Like it's mm-hmm. not it it doesn't mm-hmm. really like try to get too heavy or anything like that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 extremely funny. I will I I will say, and and also like it's about a con. It's about like a uh like a bunch of con men and and then the 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 voyager kind of bests them at the at the end by conning them and i did i fell for it like too like like it there was there's a moment there's one moment in particular where i remember thinking like well what well why did they do that and then i think i'm guessing that was part of it i even like took notes of like what, why would you do like this and this and this and then and i'm just and then you're like, like oh. oh well okay <laughs> yeah it just it really i don't know it just really really i thought it was really good it really worked um so yeah the synopsis on this one is a trio of con artists impersonate captain janeway tuvok and chakotay to try to scam money from and resources out of unsuspecting victims um so this episode was written by robin robin Berger and it was directed by lavar burton i feel like i've heard that name somewhere before yeah, <laughs> very good job, Lavar. Uh, also, I believe this episode has. I'm gonna check it out right now. Um, yeah, so one of the three con men is named Czar. It's the person who plays Chicote, uh, like the, the con version of Chicote. Okay, yeah. The actor's name is Francis Guinan, spelled the same way as really? Guinan on uh, TNG. Because so I thought it was uh, strange, but. Uh, I mean, you feel like you're you're kind of you're kind of destined to be in Star Trek, maybe if your last name is Guinan. Yeah, Fra- Francis Guinan. He's actually been on three different episodes of he's two episodes of Voyager and one episode of Enterprise. So, hmm. anyway, he probably made the least impression out of the three of them on me. No, no offense to him, I, he did a fine job. But to me, I'm all about Greg Daniel in this uh, episode. He, I, I feel absolutely stole the show in this episode. Yeah, he killed it. Uh, well, we'll get to him. He he was incredible. <laughs> I I absolutely agree. Um, so so yeah. So the sort of uh, I guess like teaser or cold open to the episode is there's these these miners on a that mine uh, 
like valuable metals and they they meet they kind of are like oh we got to go meet them and and do the deal and these two people uh beam down and they're wearing starfleet uniforms and kind of yeah starfleet ish uniforms (laughs) Yeah. Um, and they, we'll, we'll, yeah. and then they they introduce themselves as, I'm Captain Janeway, and I'm Tuvok, and we're from the Starship Voyager, and that's sort of like, the dramatic thing that leads into the title credits because they're very clearly to anyone who's seen, Tim Russ or Kate Mulgrew, not, Janeway and Tuvok. Yes, they're they're not even the same species of alien. Like they have these, they have like this weird like crease on their on their foreheads. Yeah. Uh, so. This is maybe the thing I liked the most about this episode. Like when I liked many things about it, but I think like their costumes are so funny because I just think that like the costume department uh, for Voyager, the show, I think just totally nailed. It's very clearly like off brand. It's like (laughs) if someone was going to put on a community theater production of Star Trek, the way their uniforms look, they're just kind of like ill-fitting and like cheap and like their their com badges are huge and like they clearly don't actually like function as communicators yeah like, it's and, really, like the, really the, good. the gray part is because there's there's a part later where when they go back to their ship like the captain keeps kind of like taking it on and off like the gray part which on like in the actual uniform i'm pretty sure is just like an undershirt that then the color yeah. like jacket is over is just kind of a like this sort of like, like neck ascot. wrap right yeah it's it's so good. It's, yeah, well done. <laughs> and so they introduce themselves and they essentially work out this like bargain with these miners where they're going to trade them dilithium from Voyager for um, for bolomite and you know spin this whole story of uh, doing this to to help orphans. And then as soon as the the bolomite is is beamed aboard their ship. They kind of fake the static and be like, "Oh no, an ion storm! We have to, we have to leave and and warp away and steal the." Yeah, it's it's the space equivalent of like I'm going into a tunnel, right? You know, like I, I, <laughs> like it, rubbing rubbing a candy wrapper on like the receiver of the phone. Yeah, like, or just basically. kind of like not saying words periodically. Be like, I, "I'm sorry, I can't." Something's. I'll talk to you in a. Yeah. <laughs> but in space. But in space. Um, <laughs> And and so then they kind of go around, essentially pretending to be Voyager, like these these crew members from Voyager, and, and sort of scamming different people in different ways to get to get money from them. Um, right, and, and obviously they don't they don't have Voyager. They have like this kind of crappy little yeah, this is like freighter ship type thing. Yeah, but so they always they basically are like this is their argument is like this is a shuttlecraft or like this yes. is like something that docks with Voyager and Voyager is our as our flagship and so that's why no you can't see it right now but like here's Voyager this is what Voyager looks like yeah um and the apparently one con they pull a few times is essentially convincing people to like pay them an entrance fee to join the federation so meanwhile on on the actual Voyager uh there's kind of all these malfunctions going on around the ship and they trace it back to a like a new component that Neelix installed in the kitchen. They they were like, oh well, we got it from these monks on this planet we went to. The, essentially, Neelix and Tom Paris had gone down to this planet and encountered these what turns out to be these same con men before this, who convinced them that oh no, we're we're just these poor monks and we're trying to help 
help starving orphans, and they make some some trade with them where um, Voyager gives them a bunch of resources, and they give them this this heating coil that then kind of malfunctions and causes all the problems on the ship. Now, I don't want to keep interrupting you, but I, I do. I think this is going to just have to be a episode where we kind of like fly off the handle at a bunch of different disparate elements of it because I yeah. just feel like there's there's so much there, and your your description has like already blown past a couple of notes that I had, which is one of which is I believe this is the first time that we've actually seen or at least like been next to a sonic shower uh, because like that's the first time that we see that there's a malfunction on the ship is that uh, Janeway is about to take a shower in the sonic shower and then which is something that's that's like mentioned periodically I feel fairly yes. often. And then the sonic shower malfunctions and creates like a ear splitting frequency that uh, cracks the glass in in uh, Janeway's mirror. Now, yeah, I don't think we've we haven't talked about sonic showers with any kind of um, with any kind of like in depthness on the show before. Have I don't we? think we have. No. So, are sonic showers the worst invention that is used in the future? <laughs> so sonic showers, I believe how they operate basically is that like you are naked and you get into a shower and then your body is like pummeled by sonic vibrations. Sound waves that shake all of the dirt off of you. Yeah, which which sounds I guess is sort of how I've always Yeah imagined it. And that sounds bad. Like like that sounds <laughs> much less good than taking a regular shower. That it, like would you would you agree with that? Like, yeah, I mean, presumably, it like conserve like you're not using like if water is a like rationed resource on a, a ship, like you're not using up water to do that, or just using sound. But we know they can make water. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> they can make water out of thin air. Like maybe have a sonic shower that you have as a backup in case your replicators don't work or something. You still need to be clean. But like maybe it feels really good. I guess I don't know. Like maybe like. The shower like hits you like with a, a pleasing vibration, so it's like getting a massage or something. Yeah, but, like, I would assume it's like fairly g- gentle. Um, but it makes this weird bad sound too in this episode. And obviously, that was partially because it was not working correctly. But I don't know. Like even if it was like, I, I'm someone who like sometimes if I hear like a really loud like subwoofer, it kind of like makes me. Like, it makes me, like, tingly in a bad way. Like, it just doesn't... Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, runs up your spine type thing. Yeah, and I just never have understood, like, the appeal... Like, why in this universe... Why in the future would people give up, like, one of the simple joys of life? Which, well, for me, anyway, I don't know how you feel about it, but, like, I enjoy taking showers. Like, why would you give that up to just be, like, to have someone play the opening of I Feel Fine at you, at your naked body, like, like for a little... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like doesn't... Yeah. It, it doesn't... <laughs> I feel fine. It just that was a deep cut, but I I feel fine is a Beatles song. It's probably the first pop song to like purposefully incorporate feedback into the. That song opens with this like feedback distorted thing, and it's to very good effect. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great opening to a song. Yes, I feel fine. A very good song, not I would argue a very good bathing experience. But anyway, I just had to. I couldn't let that pass. Uh, the other thing, and this is something I think we we've danced around a bit on the show. Is is why is Neelix a cook? <laughs> why why I, yeah? 
Because I remember, like, when I, we first started doing the show, me being like, oh, he's the cook. Okay, well, maybe, like, they don't have replicators or, like, the replicators are broken or something because, like, they can't fix them because they're, like, far away from... And- no, no. He, like, replicates ingredients and then cooks with them. Right. Which I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. We know that replicators can make cooked meals. That That's what they usually are used for. You know, I think in yeah. in TNG, there's an episode or two where Riker cooks with replicated ingredients, or sometimes even I think with real ingredients. Like he maybe will he'll pick some up. Yeah, I think every now and then something like that gets mentioned, where like someone like invites somebody over for dinner and is like, "Oh yeah, it's just not the same if it comes pre-replicated as if I like actually like cook it over a stove or whatever." Yeah, he has that thing of like, "Yeah, it's not the same." He makes pizza in um. Right in Picard. Yes, that's true. Yeah, so he's he's definitely he's definitely a cook, but I don't think that that philosophy holds true if you are like the the line cook for a whole starship of people. Like that doesn't just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Why? Like that seems like such an uh, unnecessary position to have. Now, obviously, Neelix yeah. is you know does a lot of other things for the ship, but. It's just called him attention to that so much for this episode because that heating coil is what's the problem. And like, so he has a yeah. stove and they're looking at it like while their heads are framed on either side by like two giant, what appear to be like walks of some kind. And I uh, just mm-hmm. like, this just seems like a lot of to do. Yeah. For something that you do not has, need like, to. boiling pots or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just couldn't, it was called attention to so much in this episode that I had to, I had to make note yeah. of it. Yeah, I guess we haven't really... And again, I think, if I remember right, they maybe it's in like the first or second episode where like he gets brought on to the crew as the cook, and it's it's just kind of a one-off line of the same thing, of just like, well, you don't want just replicated food. You need someone who can like make some fresh cooked meals, which... But that doesn't... I don't know. Maybe the taste is... But that doesn't make any sense either, because no other Starsh- like Federation starship has a cook. Like, that's not... No. You know, the Enterprise, one would assume, got on just fine with just replicated food. So it's not, it's yeah. very odd. They, they have a, a bartender, I guess. But Yeah, but I don't, I don't think she mixes the drinks, though, does she? I guess we don't really see does it she? a lot I don't of times. Remember, yeah. I feel like she's replicating those drinks, but maybe I'm, I get maybe I'm wrong. She does have, I guess she does have spirits back there. Same thing as, as Quark. Quark has spirits behind his bar. But yeah, although I guess that you could argue is a more, like, there's more art to mixing drinks than producing what still seems to be like kind of mass cooked you know big pots of of stuff that you fill up people's trays with i don't know if i agree with that like i'm not not saying that there isn't an art to making drinks but like there definitely is a similar art i think to making food that like you know like how much seasoning you're putting in and like experimenting with that stuff like yeah but but i feel like you are less likely to kind of fine hone that art when you're making things in in mass quantities for yeah, that might be true. You know, over 100 crew members. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, just I couldn't let that one pass. That's fair. But yeah, so sorry, continue. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, so yeah, and so there's this flashback to Neelix and, uh, and Tom Paris uh, essentially being scammed by, by these people. And I did take a note and then had to kind of walk it back, but I re- enjoyed that as they... Because what happens is that Voyager encounters one of these uh, miners that was cheated by by the fake Voyager, and he, you know, kind of demands his 
his bolomite back and you know it was like you cheated me and you robbed me and played on my pity by claiming it was all about these you know you were doing it to save these orphans and that's what kind of gives Janeway like the hint that these things are connected and so they they dig a little more into this story and I like that they kind of assume that the con artists like hacked into their computer and that's how they got all this information they're using but it seems like they more just used like good old-fashioned social engineering right because because all of the things that they they talk about when they're interacting with people are stuff that tom paris and neelix like say in conversation to them about mm-hmm. you know janeway's from indiana and they've fought the borg and species 8472 and yeah. these things and um, the the hydrogen, which i previously had only had only read and thought it was pronounced hydrogen yeah there you go <laughs> Also, just uh, we haven't—I don't think—encountered species eight four seven two yet. But no one else would know who that is because species eight four seven two is actually just the Borg like designation for this specific species that mm. they learn from from seven of nine when they encounter them. So, like, presumably they have another name that you know no one else in the Delta Quadrant is going around calling them species eight four seven two. But if someone told you that they had encountered that, you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't know what they were talking about either. So you'd just be like, oh, this is one for eight four one seven two or whatever it is. Like, yeah, like, yeah, that's that's impressive, man. I mean, that's that's the thing is that like they they must be way more impressive than the other eight thousand four hundred and seventy one species, right? That is ultimately the thing is they just prey on everyone, which is I guess is true of like a lot of con people. They just kind of prey on people's assumption that if you're saying something that it's above board. Yeah. If they just say, oh, this species... The other person doesn't want to seem like the the dumb one by not knowing what you're talking about. Right. If you say it confidently enough. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that. that, And and then it turns out they, I think, do actually hack their computers as well. And so I was a little disappointed by that, but... I I was not disappointed by that because the way they hack their computers is that they all pretend to pray and they make... They peer pressure... uh, uh, yeah. Neelix and Tom Paris into closing their eyes while they're praying, and so then, they, yeah. they, and then they just basically like stick a space USB into the computer, like while they're not looking. Yeah, and, like download it while they're praying. Pretty funny. And and I think this is one of the big aspects during uh, the other scenes that that carries through in this is that one of the con men whose name is Mobar, who, as you said before, is played by Greg Daniels who is their kind of their version of Tuvok. But the the real like golden bit of of this throughout this whole episode is that he just commits so much to the character. Yeah, he's method acting. Yeah, and he never steps out like even when the other two uh like take their wigs off or like out of character and just talking about, you know, how they're coming, like he continues to be Tuvok. Mm-hmm. He refers to them as, as by their titles, their titles and yes. stuff. Like he keeps calling her Captain Janeway, and he keeps uh, sort of oversharing whenever they, you know, when they start kind of playing the con on on people. He'll like just start volunteering all of this information about the Federation and the Vulcans that that he's read, and and Janeway has the fake Janeway has to kind of keep shutting him up of just like they, no one cares about that. Yeah, uh, he's he's just so good in the whole episode. Yeah, and he really like. I think in his research for the role, he really ends up admiring Tuvok, which then comes to a, a, a great head yes. at the end of the episode. But that's one reason why I think he's so into it is that he he's come to really respect the character who he's pretending to be. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's with so... good reason. Tuvok's pretty awesome. Yes, yes, and and so they uh, essentially Voyager comes, kind of comes on this ship while they're they're being attacked by one of the people that they had scammed before, and they try to escape, and Voyager beams uh, the uh, the captain, the one who's sort of playing the fake Janeway, beams her onto Voyager, but the other two get away. So her and Janeway come face to face, and she has this conversation with Janeway, and then another one with Neelix, where they kind of offer her, tell us where all of the the things that you've stolen from these people are, and we'll return them to clear our name, and then we'll let you go. Another great moment in the episode, too, is, yeah, when when because the first conversation is between the prisoner and what i'm sorry what's the prisoner's name the the one they get uh dala dala and who's the who's the fake janeway and first janeway and tuvok are talking to her and (laughs) they basically try to threaten her by saying well if you don't if you don't uh, uh uh cooperate with us then we will turn you over to the the prison system of, of like the people from the beginning of the episode who you conned and she's yeah. like well who cares i'm not gonna i don't care and then and Janeway's actually like tells tuvok like tuvok tell her about tell her about what their prisons are like <laughs> tuvok clearly has not done any yes. research about what their prisons are like and so he's like uh yes their prisons and uh, yeah. <laughs> he has to like improvise like what the prisons are like and like it ends up saying that like a lot of people in them get psoriasis. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's 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 very funny. Yeah, I wrote something about the moment where the the real Tuvok is a worse con man than the fake Tuvok. Yeah. Who's already like been built up to be in this role like the whole episode. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah. Really, really funny. But yeah, then the Neelix thing happens uh, after that. Yeah. And kind of leading up to this, there had been, like, when Neelix and Tom Paris kind of find out that they'd been conned by these people, they're like, well, we're supposed to be men of the world, like, the people who, like, we're supposed to be smarter than this, and, like, we're the one who con other people. And they're, like, you know, ask, like, worry that, are they going soft, or if we're losing our edge? And so they try to play, uh, like, a shell game trick on the doctor, um, and he sees through it. Well, so this is something else, too, where... where Two two things that I thought about that that scene, which one of which was, so the shell game is a thing, in the Delta Quadrant. Like like that's not the shell game. Apparently, it has transcended. Oh, that's true. Has transcended Earth culture, to that's just a thing that. Yeah, because Neelix is is yeah, it's not even, like it's not even. It's like a, uh, like another race that would have been exposed to Earth culture, like Neelix has like never experienced yeah they're like so completely independent development of each other yeah but and yet he knows it's something it appears clearly like this is something he used to do in his like kind of shadier days before he joined the voyager is to play the exact same version of the shell game that everyone has like ever heard of at like a bad carnival or whatever on earth right which i thought was really funny but then the other thing I didn't even think of that. The other thing, though, is that they try to find like a mark to to use this on, and so they decide for some reason to try to do it to the doctor, which is stupid because the doctor is a computer. Like, like he's he is maybe a little bit innocent, which is why they decide to do him. But it's not. Yeah. You computers can't get like distracted in the same way that a person can. Like the whole way that that those kinds it's of cons of work. Yeah, it's yeah. sleight of hand. It's like misdirection, and. So 
we have, we have to assume that the doctor can't, and he basically says, like, you can't fool me because I have superior, you know, ocular capabilities or whatever he says. Yeah. Why would they try to, like, do this trick where if you pay a close enough attention, you'll see through it when they're doing it to the person who has the cognitive ability to pay the most attention out of anyone on the ship? <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed seeing Tom P- Paris humiliated, though. That's, uh, that's always that's a, a, a fun thing. But. Yeah, and so then Neelix, after that, uh, goes to uh, to bring some food to to Dala while she's in the brig, and and th- at the time you're kind of just like screaming at the scene of just like why are you doing this because he he takes down the force field that like makes up the door to the cell um, to walk in to bring her food to her and doesn't raise it back up once he's in there. He like sits down next like very close to her. He's carrying a phaser on like on his belt which is not something he usually does i don't think no it's kind of like almost too conspicuously like it's one of those you're staring at this and you why do you have a phaser and again like because you immediately know like this is a terrible idea to it's like it's it's a little too easy i feel to make chekhov's gun jokes in star trek but (laughs) um that was one of the uh, proposed names for our podcast if you remember we were we were trying to come up with a name for it (laughs) did we try it think of Chekhov's phaser yeah i think that was one of our proposed titles that was rejected yeah i believe it i still think our, our best one that we didn't use is um enterprise surprise <laughs> yep that one was fun. um but yeah but the you know it's one of those that like is so conspicuously there that you immediately know what is about to happen and so he he gives her this like really nice speech of you know i used to be the same sort of person that just only looked out for myself and lived by my wits and took advantage of anyone I could to get what was best for me. And then I sort of joined Voyager and learned that, you know, these here are all people that, you know, everyone works together and is taking care of each other, tries to kind of convince her to do the right thing. And then she acts like he may be convincing her and then spills her drink and in the confusion grabs his phaser and stuns him and the the prison guard and and runs and grabs their the shuttlecraft and escapes. And so then she uh, she goes back to her ship and beams onto their ship and she's like, okay, now we have to we have to go back and like pick up all our cargo and get out of here before before they track us down. So they they go down to it's it's on a, a cave on this planet, I guess, or something. So I think you are actually, you're skipping something that is Paris and the Doctor both have stowed away on... That's right, Paris is there. Yeah, Paris and the Doctor are both stowed away on uh, the ship as she's escaping on, but then she boards the ship, and then that's when Paris reveals himself and says, like, you're under you're under arrest. Uh, we're surrounding oh, yourselves yeah. now. And then, and then they escape. Uh, they warp away and go to where, the, where all the, the goods are. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then once, once they get there and they're um, kind of getting ready to beam all of the goods onto their ship, then it, they find out that, that who they thought was, was Dala is actually the doctor in this really kind of fun part where, because they're in a cave, they're having trouble with the, the transporter and that. And so the doctor who, who still uh, looks like, like Dala is kind of being like Voyager. Now would be a very good time a little to, help, yeah. to beam me up. And, 
so basically, like what had actually happened was is that uh, Dala thought she had escaped, uh, uh, or you know, she so she was yeah. a, she she flew to where they were, and then she was the one who had sent them the "let me in" message. But then before she could get in, yeah, before they beamed her over, yeah, Paris and the doctor subdued her, and then switched. The doctor was was her. Yeah. So it is like this it's this great like double con where they basically con her into thinking that she is escaped and then once yeah. she does escape they con the other crew members into thinking that she's with them and that's all so they can rather than just arresting all of them at that time they do that that way so that way they'll lead them to where the goods are so that way they right. can return the goods that they've stolen to their to their rightful owners basically. Right. To kind of restore the reputation of because right now everyone in this area thinks that Voyager is these thieves that are stolen from them, and so they have to kind of restore their own reputation by returning all these things. Mm-hmm. There's a part too in, in that scene where the guy who's played by Francis Guinan, Zar, I think is his name, shoots at who he thinks is Dala, and it goes through her because because it's uh, the Doctor, and so it's kind of been revealed to the audience now for sure, in case you hadn't figured it out, that, that it was the Doctor, and then. The doctor still as Dala runs away down a a cave hallway, you know, like a, a cave, you know, tunnel, uh, a cave hallway, and uh, <laughs> down, a, down a tunnel, and then kind of stops and is breathing really hard. And I was like, why? Well, that doesn't make any like. Why is the doctor? <laughs> why is the doctor right. having such point. trouble uh, breathing in, in this in this moment? But yeah, it is. It, there are, I feel, far too many times in voyager where they forget that the doctor is a hologram yeah and just resort to like normal sort of narrative tropes that you don't even think about yeah um it's just like oh we have to indicate that this character has been running let's have them be be breathing very hard yeah but that being said that that scene of him doing that leads to the best moment in the episode maybe uh when oh yes when uh mobar uh tries to follow the doctor down and then at that moment Tuvok uh kind of comes to the doctor's aid and then Mobar is like staring up at Tuvok <laughs> with yeah. like, with awe and he's <laughs> so like so much like admiration yeah he's like commander <laughs> he's so he's just so even in his peril his moment of peril he can't help but be overcome with emotions for seeing the real Tuvok <laughs> yeah like he's kind of starstruck by him yeah uh, and and then that also leads to the the kind of exchange of one-liners because he even then like has to stay in character and so he tells Tuvok that logic would dictate that that neither one of us has the advantage. Yeah. And and Tuvok like uses his flashlight to shine it in his eyes and then stuns him and and says your logic is flawed. <laughs> and it's like the like most Vulcan snapback that you can have. Yeah, it's extremely good. Um yeah, and the episode ends with they got all the stuff back, and um, uh, uh, Neelix and Tom Paris try the shell game again on the Doctor, and this time it it works, which doesn't really make a ton of sense. But yes, yeah, because it's it's still just sleight of hand, even though it's just that like both of them were working together this time. Yeah, and so Neelix like passed it off to to Tom Paris. Yep. Which, yeah, does kind of contradict, like, the reason it didn't work the first time was because the Doctor can see through the... pays close enough attention that he can actually see where the thing goes. But Yeah. Eh, I'll give it to him, though. 
but yeah, then this episode is great. Like it was really funny and fun and like, it, but also it had like some resonance in the sense of, you know, the ship is all alone and they have the, you know, in the Delta, Delta quadrant the Voyager has their reputations to think of and their reputations of Starfleet. And so it, there is a serious yeah. thing here where basically th- these, these con artists are going around poisoning the entire area of the galaxy against Voyager. And so it is a serious thing that everyone's going to think that like the, the Voyager people are these, these terrible people. And so like, there are, there are definitely stakes still too, but it's just like the, I think the con that they, that the Voyager pulls on the con artist, I think is really adeptly handled and the performances are good by the guest stars. And it's just, it's just really funny too. It's just a really, really like, Again, like I said, like the costume design is really good. The you know their their fake Starfleet uniforms are yeah, really funny. Yeah, the little touches I feel. Are... Yeah, well, and this is like a small thing, but later on when you when you see the con artists with this alien who they have convinced to buy an entry into the into the Federation, he's wearing this like luxurious fur coat that I really liked a lot. Like so, just I don't know. There's a lot of attention to detail in this episode that that uh, I really appreciated as well. But yeah, super, super duper fun. Um, I really dug it. Yeah. Um, I think we've hit most of my... I, I had a couple of just really kind of minor little things that uh, I didn't really touch on at the time. There's a, a point where it's when, when Janeway's first seeing like the footage of this like fake Janeway kind of doing the whole like, oh no, the call's breaking up and... and stealing the stuff yeah where she just like it she just gets so mad and you can see just how like angry she is and like she is gonna knock some heads together when she finds out who's been like impersonating her yeah i think that it may be that same scene or, or one a little bit further on where they're sitting at this this table and someone like passes her something like she's at one end of the table and someone's at the other end and for some reason i noticed like this it's this cool table that has like just this groove in the middle that they slide the thing. Oh, down. I wrote this down too. <laughs> it's just like that's it's so awesome that they have a table like specifically designed so that you can can do that. Yeah, I wrote could be that they have an iPad slider on their table. Is what I wrote. Um, the the only other thing I like kind of funny thing that happened within my own head was have you. I think we've talked about this. You've never seen uh, Muppet Classic Theater, have you? No, no. Okay, so it's a. I think it was a direct-to-video movie. Um, that it's basically like the the Muppets sort of reenacting a bunch of uh, like fairy tales, basically. So they do like King Midas, and they do the the Three Little Pigs, and have some various musical numbers. But but one of them is, I think Gonzo is going to tell the story of the elves and the shoemaker. And he, like, announces, you know, the next story I'm going to tell is the elves and the shoemaker. And Rizzo is like, oh, cool, a story about Elvis? And and then in the story, the, like, the elves are all played by Muppets that look like Elvis impersonators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a, a similar moment in my own head when they, uh, when they keep referring to the mineral uh, as bolamite. And I'm just like, wait, like, the... Uh, the 1970s black exploitation action film. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I did think that in my head too. I've never, I've never seen, uh, never seen. I have uh, I've, I've seen actually, I've seen the 
Dolomite Is My Name, the Eddie Murphy movie that came out last year that uh, is about the making of that uh, movie, but I have not, mm-hmm. I've not seen the, the movie itself. I, I haven't either, but I'm like, and, and only like very vaguely familiar with it, like by name, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was a funny choice of a name for a, a mineral. Yeah, that's, um, but yeah, I think it's just a really, a really solid episode. And again, like we said a few episodes ago, the, the nature of Voyager, I think just really is, it's good for a lot of this just kind of drop in uh, watches like this. It's a good, it's a very good one to, if you're at a hotel and you turn on TV and there's a Voyager episode playing, like you'd stand a decent chance of being like, Oh yeah, I'm just getting into this. Like, yeah, they do kind of, I think go back to how Star Trek first started of just sort of a, like, this is the odd adventure we're having this week with someone that we've never met or seen before. And it doesn't really matter. Like, they're not as concerned with continuity because it's just a, they are just sort of passing through. Yeah. But yeah. So I think, I think that's it for us uh, this week. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, so we're going to be back in two weeks because uh, we come out every, every other uh, Sunday and our next episode we're going to be watching is we're taking a brief, a brief respite from Voyager episodes to talk about an original series episode. We haven't done that one of those in a bit of time. Uh, so yeah. the the next one we're doing is the original series um, season one, episode 25 called This Side of Paradise. Uh, so we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. Um, so you can feel free to watch that and then listen to our show. Uh we are part of the Kaleidoscope Media Network of podcasts. The other shows on the network include Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. Uh, That's Not How Science Works, which is a kind of applying science to pop culture podcast. And Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. Uh, you can also uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at Contracts, or you can email us at outofcontracts.gmail.com, or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.